la 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 that's not even the Sears Merch. That's what I was Thank you. It's time for another episode of the good, the bad, and the ugly. We made it to the ugly. This the today's ugly. episode is all about Mike. You know what the best part is that Ben has actually been planning on saying that like the whole time we brought this up. And you know, maybe if I was in first grade, I'd actually care. But I don't. I, I've had this plan for years. I was like, if we ever do an episode about the good, the bad, and the other. So today is ugly. Okay, so this is basically going to be clones and ports of games that just turned out not so good for some reason or another. Um, and... I'm going to jump in here because there's. I want to mention the game that kind of brought this to mind because I actually had a different idea for the ugly up until this one, um, which we'll get to um, down the line. Uh, but I know one of you's played this, and I don't know about uh, Matt or Barrett, but this is when. Um, Space Harrier came out. That was a really big game, and uh, game that kind of capitalized on it. Tried to try to try to mimic it. And that's not the game I'm really mentioning, but I do want to mention it's not like a great game, but it's still addictive. And Matt loves it. But there's another game called uh, Attack Animal Gakuen that just rips off Space Harrier so bad. That it looks it's exactly like Space Harrier, except for the animal or the the monsters are now animals like flying kangaroos and and apes and stuff like this, and they took out the main character and put it as a schoolgirl, typical Japanese schoolgirl look. Other than that, the only other thing they did was they made it a, a extremely hard by the fact that you can't destroy the scenery. And they put power-ups in it that are necessary that are easy to miss. Um, Isn't there a bunch it, of Space Harrier clones? There's a bunch of them, sure. But this one just... I, this one I played. And it's, it's excruciatingly difficult. And super cheesy, that Space Girl. And I swear that as much as I love Space Harrier, I was bored with this by about mid-first level. It just made me want to go back and play Space Hero rather than this. Now, you you played 3D World Runner. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, that's the one that I was going to mention that Matt loves. I mean, it's not it's not the greatest game. Um, but, that, but that's kind of like if, if Space Hero, if you ran on the ground. Exactly. It, it was kind if of you're stuck on the ground. Yeah. It, it, the funny thing about that is if you're stuck on the ground, unless you're fighting a boss. Yeah, it was. it's kind of like... Um, a 3D Mario, sort of, until you hit the boss. Until you get to the poison mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. They actually have poison mushrooms. Yeah, poison mushrooms. 
Oh, it's a poison bottle. No, no, no. You get the mushrooms. Ki- mushrooms kill you. Yeah, the mushrooms are kill you actually. Yeah. It's the the you get the jar for shots, I think. Yeah. Or what is it you get? The heart gives you life. There's a jar, and then there's the um. Oh, oh you're like a rocket. Is your is your. Oh, the rocket's the shot. The jar, I think, is your 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 life. Yeah, and then uh, you get a mushroom that kills you, right? Yeah, and then there's the uh, the like the the swords around the circle. I don't even know what it looks like really, but that gives you invincibility. Oh yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, Ben, I know you played uh, Attack Animal Gakuen. What was your thought on it? Do you remember it? Okay. Attack Animal Gakuen. Remember, I, I while you were here, I'm like, dude, just play this. It's total space area ripoff. Oh, uh, it was uh, horrible. I don't remember it. <laughs> that the, there you go. That's that's all you have to say, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I've game ever. Uh, Barrett, have you even heard of that one? Yeah. If you're, if you're having any sort of problem with your microphone, do not speak. We can't hear you. Yeah, my phone is being finicky or something. I don't know. Um, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I've never heard of that game. Okay. Because I know it was a Japanese-only game, so... Um, I, I, I doubt it was probably big over there. No, I mean, I never even saw it in, on store shelves or anything. I, I have zero recollection, so it couldn't have been that big. I'm just wondering, like, who's going to buy it? Who's going to look at it and go, oh, dude, it's... A, and maybe I'm going to answer my own question with this, but, oh, it's a schoolgirl with a big gun. And I realize it's probably, like, every anime guy's fantasy right there. Yeah, so, all right, I don't want to go too far into the weeds on this, but I will just say that I saw this really interesting documentary the other day Mm -hmm. on YouTube that might shed some light on this. So I didn't even know, like, this was so underground that, like, even, like, all those years I was living there, I had no idea this was going on. But I guess that there's a, a, this crazy underground pirate scene for software in Japan. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's, it's pretty big. It's, it's, and it's almost entirely populated with these ripoff games that were made by just small, like one or two people, like coding groups. And it didn't mention this thing, but this sounds a lot like the kind of crap that the people being interviewed would make. And then they would distribute through their pirate network. They're like knockoff games. And then some of them eventually went legit, like they got enough enough like money to go legit and become like actual licensed publishers. Mm-hmm. So they could be something like that. That's possible, actually. Now that playing it, I could see that being just somebody just underground making it. Um, because being it's Japan only, who knows if it really got if it was even something that was ported to, to a. a uh, cartridge or just they made it as a file or a ROM or something like that or converted to a ROM from an executable program or something um, for NES. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know either, but yeah, it just sounds like the kind of thing that I guess was rife back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine people sitting around and going, you know, what do we need? We need space area. We need a schoolgirl. What and do we, we need? It? We need it now. <laughs> <laughs> we need space area. What do we need it? We need it now. What do we need? Japanese schoolgirl in it. When do we need it? Yesterday. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I really have to say about that one. So you're surprised in a country that has a game about raping girls on a train? Was that what it was? What the game was about? Oh yeah, they have one of those. Yeah. 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 It's the rape train. <laughs> Watch out! It's the rape train. And let's let's probably not get on to that type of subject. Oh yeah, that was that oh. was crazy, definitely crazy. So who wants to add something to the ugly list? Where do you want to start here? Um, Mega Man for PC. You ever play that? No. Okay, so this is how much Capcom cared about PC gaming. There was some dude who, like, created a really, really bad port of Mega Man. And I say so bad, like, it was an original game. Like, nothing from the original game was taken over, including anything really that has to do with Mega Man. It was basically a Mega Man game in name only. I bought it for PC because I was a huge Mega Man fan. I'm like, oh, cool. There's, like, you know, a version for PC. And I was so disappointed. And it is just so, so bad. And I, I really, uh, so learn the history of it. This is literally a guy who just created a game at his house and asked Capcom, what do you think of my game? And Capcom was like, oh, cool. Can we sell it? And the guy is like, uh, yeah, sure. And then they hired him to do a sequel called Mega Man 3. Because, you know. Who needs two? And that was just as bad. So were you actually a man in this game, or did they just decide to change that too? No, the only thing that would probably carry it over was the fact that the Mega Man all you can you like it didn't look like the Nintendo Mega Man, but you can tell you can tell that it's Mega Man. You know. Like it's Mega Man is done by a different artist type of thing, you know. But it still had that same kind of like look to it. No. 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 <laughs> you know I'm gonna what? have to look this one up. For the fact that they told you that it was Mega Man, you probably wouldn't even know that it was Mega Man. Now that I think about it, it was really, really bad. I do recommend looking into it if you get a chance. Like, there's an angry video game nerd episode where he plays it, and it's just. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm going to start with is. Um, I'm also Google imaging it right now or talking about it. Just to kind of see if I can find anything on it. For MS DOS, if there's multiple ones, but I don't think there is. I don't know if they ever did oh, a yeah, legacy collection. What's that? I should probably put DOS in there. Yeah. And because you might, I don't know if they ever did legacy collection on Steam, but if they did, you're, you're gonna probably gonna find a legacy collection. I think maybe I found it. Um, was he like Mega Porker? Because he looks like he's a little chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Send him in the chat. I'll take a look. All right, hold on here. Let me get this. Uh, let me let me get this. Uh, uh, I don't want to save the image. I wanted to actually go to the image. 
All right, yeah, I'll get the picture off here in just a second here. Save the image so you, to your hard it. drive, and then you can use it as your background on your computer. You know. Yeah, that's that's probably not good because it's all like totally like pixelated and everything off the size I'm looking at. It's barely even that big. <laughs> Remember when we used to like take photos and they just like today's standard, they would all look so bad. But we like, oh look, I can make a photo with my phone, and it's like. 128p or something yeah <laughs> yeah all right i'm gonna stay up to see if i can get a better picture because that one just didn't even come out at all it's way too small to, to even see when i opened it all right yeah here we go here comes here comes mega porker yeah i'll jump in because actually one of my two things is is related to this so i wanted to rant about japanese ports of oh that's pc that's our boy so that's Mega Man, uh, younger brother, Mega Porter, a uh, Porker. Mega Mac. Mega Mac. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, All right, so, what are you saying, Bert? So, so I also wanted to rant about Japanese ports of games. And uh -huh. in recent years, it's not all, I mean, Japanese in the sense that, so Sony, for example, has been buying up lots of studios, and, and I get it, because they want to have exclusives for their console, right? Because like mm -hmm. they have to have some value proposition, and I get that. But then, even when they do, uh, they direct the studio to do a PC port of their own thing, they basically, it's, it's an afterthought, and they don't fund it. Stuff. So then you get things like like God of War 4, you know, there was a huge smash on PlayStation, right? And they go, oh, we ported it to PC, finally. And, you know, it's fucking garbage. It doesn't run with shit. It's not optimized. It doesn't work with NVIDIA drivers. So it's just crashes. And, and, and then going back in the day, it was loads and loads of ports of actually, like, domestically made Japanese games and stuff. Like, like I remember a PC port of Resident Evil and, it was terrible and and loads of other games and and I remember like wanting to do wanting to get these uh the PC versions just because I figured that they would do at least what they did when they would jump to another platform, like let's say a you know, some something that was on GameCube comes to PlayStation 2. You know, usually they would add some value proposition. They'd be like, Oh, well, we added an extra level or two and stuff, right? And so I thought, extra well, yeah, like that's what I thought, right? Like they would do that for the PC version. No, no. There's been times where, like, uh, going the other way where you're going, like, we were talking about, like, you, you talk about going from GameCube to PS2, where like, they would go from, like, PS2 to GameCube, but because the GameCube used those small discs, they had to take stuff out. Oh, and yeah, they, yeah. You know, it's like downloadable content afterwards. Well, there's no downloadable content on GameCube. I know, but I'm just saying in general, like if they do that, then they're like, oh, you want the full game then? You got to buy the rest. Well, this what pisses me off with DLC is when you do a DLC thing and the download is like a megabyte. Because you like, all that was was just the key to download, to open up what was already on your hard drive. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to my boss about this, these Teslas, right? When you buy a Tesla, every feature that you could have bought with it is already pre-installed in the car and all you're buying for upgrades is them unlocking it so, so right now 
If you buy it without heated seats, you do have heated seats. You just can't use them. So just to let you know, right now, Matt is now Googling how to crack his car. Oh, there's ways to do it. And it will avoid your warranty, of course. And, you know, every time they release a new firmware update, it's probably like Sony does, where they release firmware update after firmware update, just patching holes. I'm sure there's a whole army of people who are trying to crack Teslas. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so basically, like, Matt's like, I'm on custom carware 6.2. <laughs> Hey, good for him though. Wow, he's got one of them. Wow. It'd be funny if all of a sudden he just got on. Like, actually, guys, um, um, the, the Tesla it, it it runs a special version of Android, and uh, it, it's been cracked like fifteen times, like within the last week. You know. Oh no, Matt doesn't touch Android, so. Oh okay. Ew, he's actually it's pretty quiet tonight. Yeah. Is, it, is he in an Apple then? Can you guys hear me? It runs a special version of iOS, and it just got jailbreak, jailbroken a whole bunch of times. That's crazy, though. It's like imagine, it's like it's all the features are right there around you, you just can't use them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, well, but it's like we started by saying that they do that in games and whatnot, and honestly, and it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like it's you're, like that extra level you want that they want you to pay twenty dollars for. It's on your hard drive already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything. It's just kind of the way the markets have gone, and yeah. Yep. But anyway, yeah. So just to to tie it up, it's it, it irritates me that these Japanese games and now Japanese-owned companies, even if they aren't actually Japanese, but they're owned by Sony. They the PC version is such an afterthought, and they just. It's just such a cobbled together mess. So they don't bother to do a decent job, and it's just so irritating. It is like how it, that's how it is in general, dude. Because like I tried becoming a PC gamer over the last like couple months, and then I was in Best Buy the other day, and I just ended up buying an Xbox because they had the Xbox Series S, not the one I wanted, but they had the Series S in stock. And I was like, you know what? You don't have to remember your login for your Steam account or make sure that your launcher is up to date or you have the proper launcher or this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, ugh. it's like to run one game, I have to have the launcher and I have to have their social network thing plugged, uh, plug in as well. And it's like, gosh, what? is that for EA? Yeah, like EA's been doing that lately. It pissed me off. I, I uninstalled all their crap. Yeah, well, the EA one, that one is you've got to have the EA launcher, and then if it's, if you have it under your Game Pass, you also have to have the Xbox launcher. Yeah, so yeah. The Xbox that's launcher that's does come with Windows, so you don't have to, it's not a separate install, but still, it's another thing you're running. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that pissed me off. I was like, well, oh, I was talking about, like, if you want to play Grand Theft Auto V, you have to have whatever launcher you bought it with, and you have to have Rockstar launcher running at the same time. Yeah. Matt, his, your camera's on. His camera's on? Yeah, Matt's camera's on. Oh, there's Matt. Look. <laughs> hey, there's Matt. In like three frames a second. Not to be confused with Dr. G, who's a completely different person. Yes. Uh, you know that they're starting to do video podcasting now on Anchor. So we could do video podcast now. Now, I don't know. We no longer do video. We could do video podcasts. Yeah. 
All right, so Matt, you got anything? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. You can hear me? Hello. Dude, can you hear us? Hello. Uh, and Matt's having some serious problems, I think. <laughs> Granted, they're all technical problems, folks. He's not that him. Okay, now can you hear me? Yes. Sure. We've been able to okay. hear you. All right. So, um, you've been taking over this whole show, yelling about your whatever. <laughs> first of all, uh, you can't unlock heat on your on your on your seats in a Tesla. What's that? Um, you can't unlock the heating feature on your Tesla. Um, but okay, so uh, all right, talking about games. Uh, first of all, um, let's no, see. I want uh, to talk about the Tesla thing. Have Have you looked into that? <laughs> you, you can unlock. Your heat. The only thing that I can upgrade on the car is the full self-driving in quotes, which is not even you know crappy, um, hands-free on the on the streets. But yeah. So, no, because that's what I was told. I was told that every Tesla comes with all the features installed, and you're just paying to unlock them. But um, people, are, the people have been cracking the software and unlocking them. Huh. Well. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing that I can think of is, is the full self-driving and the, um, what do you call it, um, some some certain batteries, they, they lock it off and you can unlock some, some of the battery. But I would not hack your car because, A, they can, they can make it so you can't do anything with it, and, like supercharge it or anything. And um, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, because supercharging for connecting to the mothership. And that's like the one thing you don't do with anything you hack. The first thing you want to do is block it, talk into the server. Um, you kind of need that for a lot of cool things like streaming in the music. And, uh, I think you might even need that for certain things like GPS. I don't know. Did you ever jailbreak an iPhone? Uh, did I jailbreak an iPhone? No, if you jailbreak an iPhone, what it does is it redirects all that stuff. And sends it to like the hacker server that has all the same stuff, and the phone thing just talking to Apple when it's not, and that's all they need to do is to do the same setup for um, for Tesla, and then you can still do all the same features, just you're going through someone else's computer instead of going through Tesla's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You probably got to bypass some some security. Yeah. By and and you have to do like a you know a special like local uh, nobody can like hack a, a Tesla from remotely. But I mean, they have to go and like you go to this one website on the browser that nobody ever uses, and you know. No, it's not even going to be that. Did you go to some browser website? You're going to have to go to like one of the like uh, not BitTorrent. What's the other one? Um, Onions, not Onions. Mm. What's it called? Uh, the dark web. Mm. Okay. What's, the, what's actually what they're what it's called? Oh, whatever. It was called the dark web for the hell of it. All You're right. gonna probably have to go on a dark web and go to some chat room where they got like a bunch of people who talk about this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's not gonna just be like Googling, how do I hack my Tesla? That's not gonna work. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get back to games. Yeah, all right. So- uh, It'd be funny if I heard Matt typing how to hack my Tesla. Let's get back to games. Games. Let's talk about. Well, first of all, uh, uh, the most, the, the biggest one probably is one that was so bad that it almost bankrupt like the biggest game company of its era. Um, 
Pac-Man for the Atari 2600. Oh, you, you know what? No. I'm sorry. I don't understand the hate for Pac-Man on the, on the Atari. I played it. Now, I know it's, it's got some bad stuff to it. But it's not. It does. Everyone makes it sound so, so, so catastrophic, and it's not. No, I, that, that's the point. When when I was young, uh, I I do vaguely remember my mom, my mom talking about, "Hey, this is nothing like the game," you know. But uh, I enjoyed it when I was a little kid, and and not until you know later when I would play the arcade and compare. I'm like, whoa, you know, it, man, this thing sucks. But but no, I actually enjoyed it a lot when I was really little. I was you know like seven years old when it came out. And, uh, and I loved it, you know, but um, it was garbage compared to the original. And it yeah. was just like, yeah. it, was so, it was so bad. And, and even though, you know, they did sell a lot over time, at first it was kind of a failure. And they, I mean, companies like made huge um, changes in their retail plans to make more space for games for this game. And, and people were like, uh, okay, uh, nah. And and so it's one of the two major things that caused the video game crash that caused Atari to lose $1.3 billion in value in one day. And that's, back in the day, that's like, what, maybe like $5 billion now? Hmm. Yeah, it's bonkers, kind of. Yeah. It, you know, it's the the game gets uh, it, it is bad. I mean, it's it, compared to the actual one, it, it it does classify as an ugly port. Yeah, I just think it's one of those games that gets more hate than it. it it's like the Nickelback of gaming, kind of. It's yeah, they get right, more hate right. than it, it deserves. Altogether, it was it was pretty fun to play, especially when I was seven, maybe. But um, but it's like um, it's like. I don't know, you you wanted to eat like a chocolate mousse. Somebody's like, uh, I get one of those chocolate, you know, hot pocket looking things or whatever. Here you go. It's kind of gooey, it's kind of chocolatey, you know, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not the same. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree on, on that one. But I mean, with the limitations of Atari, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, the flickering of the ghost is is kind of annoying. But I, I think people blow that kind of out of proportion with, oh, it becomes unplayable because they flicker. But they flicker fast enough to where you know where they are. Um, the only thing that really really is awful about it is that they, like, I guess, breed. Because it's like there's one of them, and all of a sudden it turns to two. And then all of a sudden the two turn to four. I don't remember the ghosts being on top of each other for, like, the beginning of it. But you know, well, the ghosts the ghost, the ghost do cross each other's paths in the arcade game, but not not too often. Only when they're like first forming in that little middle box thing. Um, I remember playing it as a kid. It's my first exposure to Pac-Man. Uh, and that that the Atari makes is still what I prefer the sound that it makes for Pac-Man. But other than that, yeah, it's um, it's an ugly port, but it sounds like. For a lot of us here, this was our first exposure to Pac-Man, and we did enjoy it up until we realized how inferior it was compared to other versions. Yeah, it's no, a good I, one. I, to did, play I did enjoy. Uh, I played Pac-Man, you know, uh, kind of regularly this one place, and uh, and then I went to to playing this, and I was sort of like, oh, okay, it's fine, you know. But uh, it wasn't the same, you know. I can tell even then, when I was seven years old, I could tell it wasn't the same. 
But I mean, it was, I was just all right. But but yeah, I actually played real Pac-Man and still was able to enjoy. It, so that's something. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to jump back to what Barrett was kind of talking about with the PC stuff with one that I want to throw out there, which is, um, and, and I think this might have been done by just some some underground guy, especially because when a game comes up, it comes up with a big menu in Korean before it actually goes into the game as like English. But that's going to be the port of Street Fighter 2 on PC, which it, it has to be a joke because... I mean, the, the game is hideous. Um, but even in its hideousness, I think there's a... It actually looks good for its hideousness, which is interesting to say. Um, I actually, for a while, actually preferred it over the Super NES look, even though I knew it was just completely atrocious. Um, but I don't know what was going on, but all of a sudden there's moves in here that don't really exist. Um like Blanca's butterfly or Chun-Li doing her kick and all of a sudden another shadow Chun-Li shoots out of her body and goes forward and and like bounces along the ground or um, like Ryu's uppercut that goes up then down then up then down in like an M shape. You don't don't remember Shadow Chun-Li? I do not remember. I do not remember Gal throwing a sonic boom and having the figure of his body be the same shape of the sonic boom and have it travel across the screen. I don't remember Chun Li having a ninja star. So, and I don't remember selecting Dalsim and having a different colored guile appear instead. <laughs> I, I don't know how this game came about. Um, but it was just totally messed up. And like, and, and I think this actually was the beginning of the Rainbow Edition. This was, this existed before Rainbow Edition was around. Um, so I wonder if this was actually, could have been an inspiration towards Rainbow Edition. Because like Ryu or Ken, they'll have a fireball. If you do the, the, late, the weakest punch, the thing travels at a speed at speeds you have never seen anything travel this slow before but if you do it at the strongest punch it just like shoots across the screen screen at like lightning speed it, it's completely insane oh and, and also blanca now has an uppercut too that he goes like diagonal across the screen and there's no charging whatsoever it's just so interesting and i think ben are you here I think I played Street Fighter 2. I vaguely remember playing that on PC. But I remember the Mortal Kombat for PC was a lot, what was actually good. I think, did I show you the, uh, I'm pretty sure, did I show you Blanca's Butterfly when you're here, Ben? I don't think so. I don't remember if you did or not. I don't but I did play the PC one, like, back when it came out. Hmm. But we had like a bootleg of it or something. Yeah, he literally like raises up his arms and opens the mouth like he he like the victory pose he has, and a little butterfly comes out of his mouth and floats across the screen. And if it hits the other guy when they're not blocking, they'll be electrocuted. Ah, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember that. That's uh, it's a staple in uh, all the games. And it also, it, what's interesting is this this came out um, before, I don't know which one Street Fighter it was, but one of them, Chun-Li, had a fireball. Um, and I'm not talking about, like, Alpha. Um, but I don't know, maybe it was Rainbow Edition or something, but I, I could have sworn it was on one of the consoles where she had a, a fireball attack, and this came out before that, and she had a ninja star that she'd throw. And I wonder if this actually influenced a lot of that stuff. But that doesn't change the fact that it's really bad. Hmm. Hmm. So. Right, anyone else? Now, are we doing, like, officially released ports only? Whatever. Well, this, I don't care. This is also clones. I was going to talk about a company that uh, was known for only doing clones, basically. Um, <laughs> and um, GameLoft, you know, the you know they mostly made iPhone games. But they well, made, made they made some uh, uh, Android games at first before they realized they couldn't make any money on them. Um, so they made like copies of everything. I, I found a list of like just this so ridiculous the amount of copies they made. Now here's the thing. Some of them were pretty good for on the phone, you know what I mean? Um, uh, like, you know, a couple of you actually played, you know, uh, you know, a good chunk through, you know, and, um, but it was just so blatant. It was just bonkers, you know, and, and uh, there's this one, like, um, it, it sounded just like ODST or whatever, uh, you know, the, uh, the Halo uh, thing. It had like some, Thing you sounded just like that. They had a, a little Cortana. Uh, it felt just like you're playing the game, and it was kind of mm, it, it was pretty cool looking for the phone, but it was kind of eh, you know, gameplay. But they did this all the time, and it was founded, I think, by one of the guys who who founded um, uh, Ubisoft. And uh, and it's a trip that right around the time they got bought from, they started moving a little bit ahead of the ahead of time, I think. But when they got bought by Vivendi. Right around that time, they started like making licensed games because they made good-looking phone games, and and now they make good games like their own original stuff. They took one of the ones that was a blatant ripoff of a couple of racing games, that, and and now it's the game that I've played the most in the last couple of years on my phone out of anything. I uh, I mentioned it like um, Asphalt Nine, like a lot, you know, and it's the only game I really play much anymore. Just because um, game I have handy, you know, but it's it's actually really really good. It's actually innovative. It's a lot like Burnout, but they took a lot of their own spins on it. It's like impressive. It's a trip. They went from all ripoffs to innovative, you know, shit. Sorry. I think maybe I, I stumbled across a couple of their stuff on on like the uh, cell phones. Like I, I think it was like Contra or something, and. Well, it, they still ran it vertical and your guy was like the size of pretty much just half the screen it seemed like so it's like next to impossible seeing ahead and it's like it's contra how am i supposed to play this if i if i could only see three feet in front of me mm. so i think yeah, they did like act razor like that too that might not have been them because they made pretty decent stuff. Maybe at first their stuff was especially bad. I don't know. But um, just look, look at the names of some of these things. Um, what's Zombie Infection? 
I wonder what game that is. You know, they had Hero of Sparta, Modern mm-hmm. Combat. That's not even. It's like they didn't even change the name almost. <laughs> modern <laughs> you know? Combat. What if it's what if what if you're wrong? What if this is like between the characters from the TV show Modern Family? And they're no, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, like come and get Manny. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You know so, what? Um, I, I don't know. You guys ever play Eternal Champions? Yes. What's that? That is like Sega is trying to do Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they just couldn't get it right. You know, there's like an alien, and there's like a film noir detective, and that's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's so bad. But yeah, <laughs> I remember having that, and then that that whole thing was like they wanted you to buy the activator, and the activator was like the big selling thing. It's like, oh, you get the activator, and then you just move around in the activator, and the characters on the screen will react to what you're doing, and. This game is specially designed for it, and it's like, well, yeah, I had that. I had Mortal Kombat. I had Street Fighter Two, and it's like, yeah, Eternal Champions was the one like you barely put it on. Like it looked pretty. It was the best looking one out of all of them, but for Genesis at least. But otherwise, shitty game. Yeah, when you get into to one on one fighting, now we're talking about some serious oh, yes. clones that are just atrocious. Like that's uh, a lot. Okay. How Neo about uh, Geo. Do I, I need this more? One, uh, what's that? Is it Neo Geo? Do I need to say more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's all right. Street Fighter Two clones. Some of them with weapons. They were called Samurai Shodan. <laughs> you but you're you're actually walking a very thin line with that because if you want to go back to the history of Street Fighter and Fatal Fury, dude. You might turn around and look and see that Street Fighter 2 is the actual clone at that point. So. But the point is, though, is like once Street Fighter 2 became like popular, like all of a sudden, like SNK, like that's all they did. It's like, oh, these work. Well, let's make some more. So, but how about Ben? I'm, I'm sure you remember this one Street Fighter 2. Yeah, that was avail- That was the only other game that required a six-button controller on the Turbo Graphics. It is so unresponsive and bad. It's like, yeah, you got you you got the six-button controller for the Turbo Graphics. Um, are you planning to play Street Fighter Two? Oh, there's a Street Fighter Two for this. Anyone else want to throw anything out right now? Sure, sure. Uh, so this is the only other thing that I prepared. Mm-hmm. And it, you guys probably, I mean, Ben might have played it, but it, he's probably the only one. The rest of y'all probably never played this. But basically, you've probably at least heard of this because there's a huge sensation and whatnot. But uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Never played so, it. Yeah. Wait, did you or? Didn't. Oh, you didn't. I highly recommend it, but only on PC. And so this is taking a little bit different. We we started talking more about clones here, and this is going back to ports. Okay, no problem. Um, 
So it, it was pretty clear, like the, the studio that made it was pretty upfront about it being a PC game, first and foremost. But during the development process, they became a public company and now they got shareholders that they have to answer to. And clearly the shareholders were like looking at the numbers and be like, hmm, how many PC gamers are there? How many Xbox and PlayStation gamers are there? And suddenly now they announce, oh, we're going to simultaneously release a console version. You know, and originally it was going to be only for the next gen consoles. But then, of course, you know, the pandemic and everything, hardly anyone can buy a new Xbox or PlayStation 5. So then they're like, ah, shit. So then they try to do a port of a port to try to make it work on the old consoles. And honestly, like I am. It's not great. It's it's definitely it's not a good port. It doesn't run that well. It's, you know, the frame rate's dodgy. You know, it has a lot of texture pop and stuff. Of other graphical glitches and things. Now, that said, though, it's kind of like what Mike was saying earlier about the Pac-Man on the Atari. So, people got so pissed off about this that they the company almost went bankrupt and I was really sad about that because they're one of the few like really honest, good gaming companies left. But I'm, I think people were really being like silly about this because it's, it's amazing what they were able to get it to do as crappy of a port as it is. It's amazing that it runs at all on like a PlayStation four or Xbox 360 or not 360 uh, Xbox one. Just given that it, they didn't actually cut any content from it. So it's the full game with an entire massive open world and a whole city where you can go everywhere and you can go anywhere. I mean, I, there were times when I was just exploring buildings. Like I just walk into some building and I just started go, getting in the elevator and start going up different floors and be like, oh, what's in here? What's in here? And <laughs> so the fact that they could get it to run on a system that has what, like four gigs of RAM? Yeah. So anyway, like yeah, that was that was the thing that I just want to put out there because I thought it was a, a, a unique example of a port that's, in one hand, bad, but on the other hand, really amazing for what they managed to do with it. And it really just never. Sh the moral of the story is it never should have existed. Like shareholders be damned. Like it, it was never a good idea to try to release it for the a game that huge on consoles. Like it's just. It was a PC game, and it just it should have stayed a PC game. Well, I wonder then if that's kind of like, um, and I'm surprised no one's brought this up. But I think we kind of beat this to death on a previous one, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, is it, or Grand Theft Auto, the whatever the remakes were with all the the problems. Mm. They probably knew it, about it, all these problems. It, and just like, from what I understand, they've already updated it four times. <laughs> but they might have already known about these issues. With, with this game too and just said you know what people are just going to buy it. it it doesn't matter people pe just off the name or whatever people will just buy it anyway and yeah. we'll deal with the, 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 the fallback when it happens yeah people did uh -huh. and it's like I mean honestly I think it's kind of on the consumer at that point just because I mean really like this is the most ambitious game ever made 
It's absolutely enormous. I mean, it's like a hundred and something gigabyte game, you know, and it's like, really? And you expect it to run flawlessly on 13 year old hardware? These companies, they have a lot of nerve, I think, sometimes. It's like, if Nintendo ever released, like, a half-baked version of, like, Mario or Zelda, there'd be people, like, shitting all over it. But then you got, like, you know, some of these companies, they release these games where, like, they're not even done. Like, the first update is the game. (laughs) Where all you got in the box was, like, you know, uh, nothing. Just a thing that tells it to go online and download the game. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking about that because they had the Skyrim 10-year anniversary edition that's been released recently. Yeah. And that just made me think of when Skyrim originally came out. That's how it was. And Bethesda's sort of notorious for that kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, it's that's an ambitious game. So I got to give it some credit. But, but yeah, especially if they're trying to do it on consoles. <clears throat> And like Oblivion when it came out on on Xbox, uh, when Xbox 360 came out, it was almost a launch title or something. Yeah, but um, what was it? Uh, oh, hey, um, let me know when you're done. I was going to talk about something, but um, oh, that's it. I said my piece. Okay, yeah, um, uh, that's actually like what you're saying is actually a lot like um, ET. Now that's not what I was about to talk about, but it's funny, you know. That's the other game that. That you know caused oh, the uh, yeah. crash, but um, what I was going to talk about is um, so now you all know about the uh, you know those uh, nests on a on a board clones and stuff that are they're actually pretty fun to play and everything. Uh, that's not the thing I'm talking about. When um, hey, hey uh, guys, I I gotta get going. Oh okay. Okay. All right, yeah. guys. Later. Right, take it easy, man. Right. Yes. Yeah. See you. Yeah. All right. So when um, my wife saw some thing at, at um, like a CVS online, she had some some CVS bucks to to use up, and so she saw some little handheld game system that has you know hundreds of games. I'm thinking it's the Nest Clone. I'm like, yes, cool. Yeah, get one of those. And oh no. Um, oh no. Yeah, it was actually like one of those things where it's got like. Probably like I don't know twenty repeated to fifty, you know, fifty times games that are horrible, horrible knockoffs of other games, and they were just terrible to play. And we were gonna, uh, originally thinking, okay, well, you know, it's not good stuff. Maybe we can just give it to one of the little kids. I'm like, oh, this is so bad, I can't even give it to him. It's so <laughs> like, bad. You got like you got adolescent freaky fighting tortoises no. instead. No, no, yeah. no, it's it's, it's stressful. Imagine. You know, uh, these kids don't know what hard games were like back in the Nest days and stuff, like the Ghosts and Goblins or anything like that. But um, but a version of that where you just die constantly because it's so messed up, that's like all of them. They're just like like just garbage. So that Action 52. Thing. Have you heard of Action 52? What's that? Action 52, it's the um, 52 games in one Nest cartridge. It's one of the, like, rarest most sought after games because of the fact that it's just so rare. And what it is, is it's basically 52 games in this one cart that are all completely like underbaked to where some of them, it is, it is completely impossible to get past like the sixth level. It's, it's like the people didn't even play test these games. They just, 
pack them in and, and put them in a cart and send it off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I'm sure there's tons of that. You know, we, well, uh, what do they call it? Dr junkware, what do they call that? Um, yeah, like uh, when, when a system's like popular and everybody's buying it, they start releasing garbage for it. Like Atari almost died because of that stuff. And then, you know, we had what they call it? shovelware. They just like throw it together, stick a license on it, and we don't care if it's any good, just get it out the door. Yeah. It's funny you guys mentioned that because uh, you got me thinking about something, and, and now that Ben's gone, I know he, he gives Sega a pass, but I'm going to be real about this. Uh, you know how, the, similar to the, the board things, there's the official ones, right? Like the NES Mini and the SNES Mini and all that, right? Yeah. And Sega couldn't even be bothered to do an actual one. Instead, they allowed some shitty knockoff Southeast Asian company to make but they officially licensed it though so so it's made by some fly-by-night company but it's officially licensed by sega uh genesis mini and no one gave a shit like i saw that thing in the store like in the grocery store they were trying to peddle it for like 15 dollars <laughs> no one had bought a single one wow yeah, and they had the shovelware for Atari. It was, um, yeah, it was, the games were, oh, oh, here's one that I actually thought about and I forgot to write down this is really good uh, thing. First of all, it's just, just a horrible game and I don't know why people mm -hmm. uh, cloned this because it was garbage to begin with. Flappy Bird and all those other ones like that, but mainly that one because it was just horrible. And then there's a million Flappy this and Flappy that and whatever. Well, is it like a clone of Angry Birds? It's not like that, really. It's it's you you hit the you tap the screen to make your guy you know flap his wings, and you go through these poles. Somebody wrote it, and it was just like so horrible. It became famous because it was so bad or something, and and then people couldn't get it for some reason, and then it became popular because of that, and then they started making a bunch oh. of clones of it. You just constantly, constantly die, die, die. Because it's just horribly made and incredibly difficult. And then they started making clones of it everywhere. It's bonkers. You want to talk about shovelware? Here's here's a good one. Is um, Going back to like the PC and the Super NES. Um, I don't know if either of you actually even touched this one. But I'm sure you've heard of it. Super Noah's Ark. Have either of you played that? Nope. Okay, so they, have either of you heard of that? Okay, so here's what somebody did was they decided, obviously, you know, we gotta we gotta capitalize on Christianity. So there was a company out there that that would make Christian themed games, which is questionable because you know it wasn't like really Christian themed games. It was like there was Bible adventures, which were three games in one, where it's like, okay, you're Noah on this, you have to pick up sheep and throw them in a bin. And or the next one is your Moses, and you have to pick up tablets and throw it in a tablet area. And then your David, and you have to pick up on a rocks and throw them in a rock area. They're exactly the same game over and over again. You just pick uh, up things and throw it in. But Super Noah's Ark, they they basically saw how um, popular Wolfenstein 3D was, but obviously thought, oh, you know, the 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 standard Christian mother and father 
aren't going to let their kid play Wolfenstein 3D. So how are we going to make money off this and and sell it to them? So somebody came up with the idea of let's make it take place in Noah's Ark. And instead of bullets, you have feed. And instead of Nazis, you have goats and sheep. And you <laughs> shoot the feed at them to put them to sleep. Because because the animals are all rowdy. Nice. And it it plays just like it sounds. It was one of those that I had to go out of my way just to see it because I wanted to see how awful it was. And I got through like half a level and I'm like, this is, I, I can't even touch this anymore. <laughs> nice. But if you guys ever want to try, just let me know because I still have it. Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I don't think I need my that in my life. <laughs> I actually have like a perverse sense of wonder about it. <laughs> Dude, you're next time, man. You're welcome to 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 check it out because uh, it's a particular time here. I mean, that might be fun to check out, but uh, yeah, this just sounds so horrible. That's I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Anyone else want to throw anything else out? Nah, nah that's yep. all I got. I have one more that I want to mention, if that's cool. Okay. Because so, um, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the Star Wars arcade game, the wireframe arcade game that's like yeah, vector, yeah. super awesome. Um, on th uh, 32X... They have Star Wars Arcade. So you would expect if it's 32X, and if you go back to 19, was it 1982 or 3 or something when that game came out, you would think that the 32X could play it exactly the same. But no, it, it has nothing to do with the arcade game apart from you're out fighting in space fighting. But it's totally changed. There's no wireframes. Everything's filled in. And all you do is you fly around the level and shoot TIE fighters until you shoot a certain amount of TIE fighters. Then you go to level two. And you do the same thing. Fly around shooting TIE fighters. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is like a 32X. It should be more advanced than this. And it's nothing like the arcade game. Wow, yeah. I wonder whether LucasArts actually made it or whether they just licensed it to someone because that sounds really lazy for them. Yeah, I, I know it's got the LucasArts logo in it, but I, I don't know if any other logo comes after that, which could be the case. Yeah, it's uh, all talking about these these games that are like, you know, rushed out because, you know, somebody wants to make them, you know, for Christmas or whatever. Makes me think of, you guys ever seen... Um, I don't know if you watched the show at all, but there was this little movie based on, uh, like, a separate thing on Black Mirror. They have a thing called, um, like, a standalone interactive movie. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure on Oh, was Netflix. it Yeah, 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 Bandersnatch. And it's about this guy developing a, 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 a game, like, the Atari age or something. And, um, and you know, your multiple endings are usually... Um, uh, uh, yeah, this game had so much potential, but it was just rushed and it's terrible, you know. 
And then uh, and there's so many variations of that and then other weird stuff too. But this is one of those choose your own adventure type things on Netflix. Are they still doing yeah. that? Uh, I don't know if they're doing more than that, but um, you got to check this one out. It's kind of funny. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember really liking it. Now, um, the, the best parts were were some of the uh, the uh, goofy. There's like a, a couple, of, one or two goofy endings, and then uh, some really freaky endings. It made no sense at all, kind of, but. It was just fun. I heard of like a um, there's a movie theater that wanted to do or was set up to do like choose your own adventure type of movie type things, or that's the path that they wanted to go. And I was just thinking about like going to see one of those would just be totally frustrating the theater. Yeah. I don't know. There's a great because you, you'd clearly like you'd have to have a vote system in the background or something, you know, like the people who click the most thing. That's the option that it chooses because you can't have yeah. it individual. Yeah, it, it was the people who choose a, the most would, would it would go that path. But then I think about like then you're not getting what you want to see. Exactly. And you could run the same. So basically you'd want to go see it again, but then you could actually end up running the same path again because people are overvoting you again yeah so i mean that i i wanted to get into the netflix thing where they're doing that choose your own adventure maria couldn't handle it she she thought it was just too bizarre because she is so used to watching a movie straight um so i never really got into it but i thought that would just be in like a private environment where you could go through all the options one way and then watch it again and choose a different way to go yourself that would just be totally cool it, it is. It's yeah. really nifty. I highly recommend it. And yeah, but also going back to the theater version, I think that it, another reason why it's not a good idea for theaters is that part of the reason to even go to theaters is that you do get all get the same experience, right? And then you have kind of the camaraderie, you know, the whole audience boos and laughs at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah for, for a bunch of reasons, I think that it's really, it's something that you should only do with streaming. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was cool. I watched every single ending, I think. Hmm. How many different endings were there to it? Oh, let's see. I think there are, like, um, three kind of normal ones or more, and then um, uh, at least one goofy one. Um, a couple of freaky, weird ones that made kind of no sense, sort of, and then one good ending, sort of. I think. Wow, you saw oh. way more than I did. I think I only got two or three. So, like, how long does it take to get through the whole showing of this? Oh, it's not really all that long. Okay. So it's not like a two-hour movie or anything. No. no. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, with all the endings all together, yeah, kind of maybe. Okay. So uh, it sounds like you'll probably run about maybe 15 minutes through it. What do you mean? You probably run like one run is like 15 minutes through it. Um, it could be, but more likely if you're watching the first time, you're watching some of the basics of it. Uh, I think like the, basically going through it one or two times through, like you get a real ending, was like, I think, um, a little more than that. Okay, got it. But then you can go back, go back and then watch some other alternate areas from from where you were at the end and then and then you get to see more those are sure. short i should try that finally get around to that is that still on netflix 
Yeah. yeah I think so. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it should probably stay on there because I think Netflix actually paid for it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Unlike the show, the the show I think they they license it, but it's not actually a Netflix show. Hmm. Isn't it like BBC or something like that? I don't know if they took it over or or if it's just the or if it's you know they they usually take things over and I mean some things are foreign you know they just say they slap their name on it or something but I think this one they actually probably were producing part of it or something. Yeah, yeah, I recall that because there's like a whole media thing about it and. Yeah, that they actually produced the the Bandersnatch, but yeah, not the base show. At least the first parts of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this show's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and stop our recording here. Sure, sure. I got to go anyway. It's late for me.